Welcome to the Primetime Review Podcast. My name is Dan. And my name is Brian. This is episode 23 for March 8th, 2020. This is a podcast where we talk about movies and TV shows that we like, and hopefully you will too. If you want to send us some feedback, you can hit us up at theptrshow at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at theptrshow. Hey, Brian. What up? So I'm not even going to talk about Anchor today. Because I don't think anybody's been listening to us there. (laughs) (laughs) But we didn't get feedback on this show. But people, I got some feedback on my other podcast. So (laughs) that podcast, if I'm getting feedback there, we need to hear some feedback on this show. You guys need to drop us an email. You need to you need to tweet at us. Come on, give us something. We need we need something here. So uh, let's get to it. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, TV watched. So one, it's been three weeks. Uh, I apologize. It's my fault. Mainly, uh, you may notice even now I got a little something, something going on up in the sinuses. Uh, last week I felt like total crap. So uh, I told Brian, we're going to put it off week. Plus I have some things going on the next few weekends going forward that we probably would have had to skip it one weekend in between there anyway. So being that we have a three-week period between the podcasts, I have done a lot of TV watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a little travel in there, so I got a lot, lot more done. And uh, so TV watched. I got uh, me and the kids. We've been keeping up on both Biggest Loser and Lego Master. So that's on USA and Fox, respectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, both pretty good shows, competition reality shows. Uh, you should see the things on Lego Master, dude. They, these people create. It's just crazy. Is it like a team built or is it individual built? It's a pairs. It's two people. So, um, yeah. yeah, some people have been lifelong friends. Some people are married. Some people, two of them on there had never met before. Honestly, they'd never, they, I shouldn't say they never met. They never built be, together before because they're part of some Lego builders group and they mm. live across the country from one another. So it's kind of interesting to see the dynamic and how they get in fights with one another and stuff because they don't really know one another. So who's been doing better? Like the, the people that know each other, like Mary, or do people uh, that don't know each other going in that's doing better? Uh, it's a it's a mix. It's a mix. The la- not now mm-hmm. we haven't finished this week's episode, but last week's episode it was a father son that left. So, and there's been brothers on there that that have gone. I mean, it just it mixes. But the one group that didn't know one another, they are still on there. Ah, so, yeah, that was that was quite interesting, but. Uh, um, then I've been keeping up with the flash all American. Those are CW shows. Uh, nothing big on there. I have, I think officially dropped legends of tomorrow. Mm, me too. Yeah. I, I don't know. I may go back and watch them at some point, but I just, right now I don't care. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to watch when they announced that the Adams last shows on there. Um, there's been yeah. a lot of turmoil with that. He's basically dissing the CW right now. Oh, really? Yeah, Brandon Ruth. He, he said, other than you know the big the big send off that they gave him as playing Superman, uh, the Golden Age Superman, in uh, the whole crossover, they said besides that, you know, it was not his decision to leave the role of the Atom. That they basically came to him and said, you know, we're done doing it. And uh, supposedly he's been starting to talk now because I think the episode's coming up soon where him and uh, the character of the Atom and Nora, who is played by his real life wife, both leave. And um, he said it, it's pretty sh- crappy episode. Mm. I going to use another word there, but pretty crappy episode. And he wasn't happy with it. So um, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, uh, it's kind of funny how like Stephen Amell was also kind of like not giving them praise about his last episode as well. Right. Of how they film, well, how he was being filmed in like a silo of people that he doesn't know. Yeah, well, I think that was a that was an administrative goof up. They screwed up. They didn't think about that one, but whatever. Um, the Unicorn still watching that on CBS. That's still a really good show. What is that? That's the one about the guy who's a widow. I, I t- yeah, oh, it's right. Every time I bring. Oh, it's right. Okay, it's right. It's right. It's, it's, it's kind of like a half hour comedy, I would say, for the most part. But it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's I like it. Um. I finally just finished Better Call Saul season four because I had to wait till it came on Netflix so that I could 
binge through it so that I could start watching season five. I know you're talking about season five a little bit. I haven't started it yet, but I am recording it. So mm, there you I'm go. Get, getting ready to start watching those. And then the last one I want to talk about, I brought this up last pot. I think it was last podcast or the podcast before um, on Netflix. There was a four part little mini series called When They See Us. Um, this was based on the Central Park Five back in the late 80s. Uh, I talked about it because I was having a hard time watching this. I, I, I would get like 10 minutes into it and I would get so frustrated and so sick to my stomach because seeing what was going on with these kids, basically, I couldn't watch this show. Well, I finally dug deep, got through that first episode. And then after that, there was only three more episodes and I basically binged them like crazy. Yeah, they were super good. Um, going through the rest of it and just seeing... They kind of took one character at a time and maybe like in the second episode got through one of them or actually the second episode was more of the trial. The third episode was kind of what happened to four of the five of them, you know, going through their lives over the time they were in jail. Mm -hmm. And then the last episode was mainly about the one kid who who didn't even get arrested to start with. He just went to the police station because his buddy did. And so he went there to make sure his buddy was okay. And ended up the cops were like, oh, you're here. Come here. Come back in here and started questioning him and then arrested him for it. And he was the oldest. So he actually went to jail, jail. And it just showed how it messed with his life. And he ended up spending the most time in jail, too. It was crazy, crazy. crazy. Yeah, it was just it was just a mess. The whole case and everything was a mess. And then, of course, they show you the end where they're redeemed and redemption but it actually ended up being a really good four-part miniseries i'd recommend it to anybody the first like i said the first episode was hard one to get through i i had a i had a hard time um was this in michigan district or was that um what do you mean no it wasn't in michigan no this was in central park so this was in new york oh so, okay oh, sorry central park yes yeah, yeah okay yeah no it was it was new york um it was just more uh it was it was just the way these kids were treated by the police it was was terrible. Um, it prompted me to sit my ten year old down and be like, "Honey, you know if anything's ever wrong, you find the nearest cop, you go to the cops." And she's like, "Yes." I said, "But here's the thing: once once you're with the cops, you you know, and you get to <laughs> you get back to the police, you don't say a word until your mom and dad are there. <laughs> she's looking at me, and I'm like, I'm serious." Don't say nothing. And she's like, but dad, if they're asking me questions, I got to answer. I said, no, you don't. I said, you stay quiet until your mom and dad get there. You don't say a word. And if they keep asking, you say, I want my mom and dad. I want my mom and dad. And how uh, old, so how old is your daughter? She's 10. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, these kids were, uh, they were one or two of them were 14. And I mean, there was like 48 hours of questioning they had with limited bathroom breaks, no food, no drinks, or I mean, it was just ridiculous. So, and when was this case? Was it? It was in the late 80s. Okay, so I mean, it was kind of different back I, then. I don't, yeah, I don't know if there was the laws, and some of the laws they have today are because of this case. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, it was different, but it was like, and you know, it's a different place too. I get that. So like some of the kids, like their parents didn't even know where the kids were. Like it, yeah. it took them a day to figure out that they were at the police station. So it, it, it's different, but still just, it, it, it got to me so bad that I, I had to sit there and tell her, I'm like, yep, you don't lie to police, but you never lie. But at the same time, you don't have to talk to him, honey. <laughs> and she didn't, she was having a hard time with that. And I, and I get it. I totally get it. But at the same time, it was like, wow, you got to protect them. So it's like, I should go with them, but don't talk to them. Hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Go to them for safety. Find them, you know, make sure they, they keep you safe. But <laughs> watch don't what you say. You don't say nothing. <laughs> your mom and dad are there. <laughs> it was, it was, it was rough. But it's different. Yeah. But that's it. That's it for me on the TV side, man. What you got? Um, so I did watch some TV show for a change, right? From last right. couple episodes. Um, so I did start watching um, Better Call Saul, uh, season five on AMC. And, and and so how are you? How did you like season four? I liked it a lot. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, you really got to see. I 
we were ta- I was talking about this with our coworker. Shout out to Mac. And uh talking about this with our coworker. And like he said, you really you really started to see where he started to turn, change mm-hmm. his life mm-hmm. to become Saul. But at the same time, it was like the dude is self-destructive. Um, you know, he he would get there was like twice in this season where he got everything he wanted, but because he just had that urge to do shady things things, shady things he screwed himself all up and it was like what are you doing and then you know he had the easy way out to get things back to good and he wouldn't do it because of his pride or whatever you know his hatred for his brother whatever you want to call it and it was just like yeah i mean he's yeah he's just he's one of these weird guys that i don't want to say he's not a good guy because deep down you kind of feel that he is and you kind of somewhat feel for him because you can see where he has that turmoil or within himself where he wants to do the right thing, but yeah, so just pulls him away from it. And it's like, you're you're an idiot. <laughs> Come on. And and I think what's kind of nice is that at season four, um, the whole storyline with his brother and with that other law form, it, I think it's coming to an end where he can be truly be, uh, uh, um, Saul Goodman, right? Yeah, that's and, that's how it ended, basically. Yeah, that he changed his practice name to be Saul Goodman, and and that's what season five is all about. Is that like he is Saul Goodman? It's all good, man. Um, yeah. And um, and I think what some of the cool thing about season five is a lot of the same characters that we know of from Breaking Bad is showing up. So in season uh, four, you get to see um, oh the big boss guy. I forgot his name now. Dang it. Um, came back. Um, the 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 leader of the uh, the the chicken place. The leader. Oh, Frank Frank or Salamanca. Uh, Frank Frank and Salamanca okay. and Salamanca. So on this season, Frank is still there, but in the latest episode, we get to see. Um, his brother-in-law coming in, that guy, uh, Hank, uh, from yeah. the DEA, and also Gomez from the DEA. They showed up, and I went, oh, wow, they're really, like, uh, bringing in some of the old guys coming in. Well, this is a prequel, so they're, like, showing how how how, how Hank and Gomez from the DEA is kind of, like, catching up to the drug lords. So it's really cool tying into Breaking Bad from... Uh, from season five of, uh, of of Better Call Saul, so it's really cool. You get to see 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 some old faces, so so cool. it was nice to see him. Good deal. Um, the other shows I've been watching is um, season two of Alter Carbon, and I I just finished it last night. Have you seen the season one yet? No, no, I never got into it. Oh, but was that on your list or no? On that Jack uh, Ryan list. Not really. No, no, not no, no. This one is never really on there. I, uh, I don't know. I just it seemed like something that was close to some other shows at the time. I think when it came out, season one, and I was kind of like, eh, I got enough on my plate. Um, so it's a continuation of season one, um, from second season, but I remember whole new people though. I was gonna say I remember you really liked season one a lot, and then I heard that season two like. I don't know. It's like where they could change bodies or something. So it's all, yeah, it's all new people. Yeah. So the whole point of it is that like people don't really die anymore. Like everything, like your whole consciousness is baked into this one thing called a stack. And you can kind of like take uh, uh, what they call sleeve, which is like a person. And they just kind of like go from, so they put that, so they move the stack from person to sleeve to sleeve to sleeve so that like Dan never dies or Brian never dies, but he'll get a new body over and over and over and over again so that your consciousness never goes away, but you get a new body. That's all. And so, so in season one, um, uh, Joe Killerman, I want to say, was the main character in yeah. a sleeve. But the stack was called. Uh, the main character's name was uh, Kovach, and now in season two, 
um, uh, is the guy that played the Falcon. I forgot his name. Anthony Mackie. Yeah. And, and he is a new sleeve, but with the same stack, who is Kovach. And they just kind of, you know, just it's a cool storyline. It's a continuation of a cool storyline. So I kind of recommend it if you if if you want to add that to your Jack Ryan list. You so, so the the premise sounds just like this like a it's an Emilio Estevez movie. And I can't think of God, I'm looking up or I'm trying to find out on IMDB right now. Is he still around? He's still around, I yeah, think. yeah, but this is a movie from like the eighties, nineties, where he was a race car driver. Free Jack. Never Free heard Jack. of it. At Anthony Hopkins and Mick Jagger and Emilio Estevez and Rene Russo. And yeah. And so basically uh, like Mick Jagger's a bounty hunter from the future. Right. And they go out and in the future when you could take your consciousness, hold it up in this corporation, they'll hang on to it for you basically when you die. And then they can go find a a perfectly because in the future, there's a lot of disease and stuff. So it's hard to find healthy human bodies. Mm -hmm. They'll go into the past. And when somebody else right before they die, like if they die in a tragic accident or something, they'll take that body, suck it out of of the past, bring it to the future, basically kill off that person's consciousness. So that person never knows. They figure they're just dead. And then they'll put your consciousness in that person's body. So you could live forever. You just switch bodies, right? And uh, But there's a big process into it. There's a big process into it. This is from, like, I think that movie was 92 or something like that I just saw. But, uh, so, like, Anthony Hopkins' character falls in love with this, uh, with the Rene Russo character. And he's dying. He's an old man. And he's dying, so he goes and finds her fiance from the past who died in a tragic tragic uh, indie car racing accident and zaps his body out. But when they zap his body out, something goes wrong and he wakes up. And so now he's in the future trying to figure out what the heck's going on. And there's a craziness. Huh. It was your classic Emilio Estevez movie. <laughs> but, but if that gives you any idea. But. Oh, no, I remember that was a big show back then. But and, so so it sounded that I remember when I first heard about season one of Altered Carbon, I thought it sounds like Free Jack. I'm like, I don't know if I want to watch that. I think that's what it was. Because like when I first watched this movie, it was kind of like um, there's a movie with Scarlett Johansson where like they were bred to be um, body part, kind of like they harvest their body parts. So like, you know, they were, you know, raised and bred to be like, healthy human beings but the rich people harvest their organs kind of deal i don't know it's kind of like it's kind of like that do you remember that movie yeah uh no it was like like early 2000s i forgot what it was and and i was like oh it's kind of like that but also um more sci-fi kind of deal Hmm. yeah so um it was really cool um and and highly recommend it if you can get into sci-fi shows like i can um the other show i've been watching is the season two of narcos mexico and it's just uh it's a crazy show dude it's it's based on it's not like a documentary but it's based on true events of um colombia mexico and how they become drug lords and funneling cocaine and bad drugs into us and how how felix garado garado um become a huge drug lord and and i think in this season from the looks of it i'm not i haven't finished it yet but from the from from where it's going i think this uh this main drug lord i think that's his his time is coming up because everything's falling apart and and he and he's kind of like in rough shape right now. Um, so yeah, no, it was really really good. I highly recommend it if you if you don't if if you like that kind of like drug lore '80s kind of like storyline. Yeah, our, our like I said, our coworker he uh, he mentioned that one to me too. Said it was really good. So that actually Narcos may go on the Jack Ryan list. Ah, um, FYI though, I don't know if this will stop you, but. Uh, it's always in Spanish, 
So there's a lot of subtitles you had to read. Subtitles reading. I'm I'm used to that now. Okay. okay. <laughs> my hearing's my hearing's so bad. <laughs> I watch everything with subtitles as much as I can, anyways. So, um, all right. I I don't have anything in news and rumors for TV. I uh, um actually I, I got down at the bottom. I do have the link to the uh, canceled series which uh, is up to 19. There's nothing I don't feel really notable on that list, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. Most of the shows on there were from, like, you know, the uh, Independent Film Channel, uh, Facebook Watch, uh, a couple from AMC, Netflix. I guess the biggest one on there, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the mm. revival that they tried to do on Netflix that got canceled. <laughs> um, and then a couple other shows I hadn't even heard of. One from CBS All Access, a couple from Stars. I mean, just a lot of things I hadn't even heard of. So nothing I feel groundbreaking there to talk about. But uh, now, again, these are just shows that on the list because there's there's different lists you can find. And these are ones that were just straight up canceled that they said, OK, it's done. We, we're pulling it off the air. We're not showing any more of it and over with. Um so a couple of them on there, like Marvel's Runaways, you know, they dumped it all at once. So that was on Hulu. So then they said, OK, we're done with this one. Um, whereas other lists you'll find, that's where they said, OK, well, yeah, this one's canceled. It's not coming back next year, but it still has 20 more episodes to run before May. So I don't count those ones. I just count the ones that were already done showing and they said are canceled for the rest of the year or they just pulled in the middle of the mm-hmm. season. So. Um, so, oh, sorry, were you going to No, finish? yeah, that's it. Um, I have one thing under the movies, news, and rumors, but I think, um, kind of going through it, it's more like TV show news and rumors, and it's the Taka Waititi's, uh, Willy Wonka remake for Netflix. Um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, and, I, would, I don't know. Would that, yeah, that'd probably be movies still, but we can talk about it now. Let's talk about it now. Uh, well, like just kind of reading through it, I think he's well. It's it's an animated series, so it's not like oh, a real life thing. really. Um, and and he's becoming like one of my favorite movie directors around because of what he's been doing with Thor, and then he also made Jojo Rabbit, which I'll be talking about a little bit. And now uh, he's kind of wacky kind of dude that I'm like, eh, I can. I think, yeah, you're kind of cool, man. Um, so he's making two series of the Willy Wonka world, the universe of Willy Wonka, if you want to call that, for Netflix. And the first one, the first animated series, is the just 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 the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory um, uh, um, kind of kind of storyline. And the other series that he's going to make is kind of center on the Oompa Loompa world. Like, like hmm. I want to see that more than the Charlie and Chocolate Factory. I want to, I want to, I want to see his take on the Oompa Loompas. It'd be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I don't know when that's coming. I don't know when that's coming out. Do you think he's getting too big though? Like he's getting too many projects and he's getting involved with too much stuff that sooner or later, like his quality is just going to start dropping. I, it could be. Um, uh, I mean, don't I th- don't get me wrong. When you hit like as become as big as he is, because he, I think he just won an Oscar for best screen adaption. Um, for JoJo, I was I was that what it was? I don't even know what it was for. Yeah. For um, JoJo. but when you become as big as that, I mean, you you, you got to take the money when you could take the money. So I mean, I don't I don't I don't get on the guy for doing it, but it just seems like he's got so many things. He's got Thor four. Um, he's got this. He's, I know he's been attached to multiple other things that are either in the process of coming out or in the process of starting. So, you know, I just think, you know, does it come to a point where you just get so much? I mean, everybody will get fatigue of him without a doubt, I think. But does it get to a point where he just runs out of stuff where he's just like. His quality of what he puts out goes down. Could be. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think what I like about what he's doing is that he'll do like a Thor and then he'll do a Jojo and then he'll do something uh, uh, huge and then he'll do something small so that he can, he doesn't, is it, he, he's not in that Marvel or like the big budget 
kind of kind of production for too long or it'll just kind of like ruin his creativity mm-hmm. and then he'll do something really small low budget that he that he needs to do like like really stretch his creativity because of the how much money he gets to work with then and then and then he'll be like okay i'm gonna jump back into like a like a thor thing that that has like a a a unlimited budget or whatever yeah all right, I was just curious. Well, I guess that's news and rumors for TV. We had nothing on our on our sheet, but now we moved two things from the movies up, so we'll have two less to talk about there. There you go. All right. All right. Um. So I'm gonna try to stump you again. All right, let's do it. We need, we gotta find some theme music for this. <laughs> um. So this movie, uh. Made in the States, I was released in Denmark. I think this is going to be pretty easy for you. And the name of this movie in Denmark was The Boy Who Drowned in Chocolate Sauce. What's the movie called in the United States? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There you go. <laughs> All right. That was pretty easy. I was like, well, just because we just talked about it. If we hadn't just been talking about it, I don't know. I'm. Well, I did read your notes, so I may have got it from there. No, that was a pretty good one. That was a good one. That was a super easy one. Yeah. All right, let's move on to movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, I got a lot here. I got a kind of real big mixture of things. Um, I watched two. I'll just say quickly, they were both uh, on Amazon Prime. One was called Late Rounders. Uh, it was basically a documentary of uh, five uh college football players for the 2011 NFL draft um, guys that weren't necessarily like marquee players. Most of them actually played for the university of Kentucky. Um, and you know, they were, they were considered late rounders guys that were going to go late round in the draft. And uh, it was pretty interesting. It was pretty good. I I've seen other documentaries kind of like this before where you kind of sit there and watch these guys as they go through the draft day and how they react and what they do. And, um, it was kind of funny. The only the only one who's still, I believe, in the NFL is the 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 guy, the main guy who got drafted first, and that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, but his name, God, now I just lost it. Is Corey Corey something? He plays like nose tackle. Um, he's the only one still playing in the NFL. Some of them made it. Some of them didn't make it. Some of them got drafted that you thought for sure, like, oh, this dude's going to have a huge career in the NFL. Nothing. So. Uh, and then the other one I watched was called Fifth Quarter. And this actually was not a documentary. This was a movie tr- based on a true story, though. God, I just I can't think of the, the player, though. He played for. Uh, oh, what school? Oh, he, Syracuse? no, not Syracuse. Jeez, uh, what's the school he played for? Anyhow, he, he uh, played for um, God. They're in the Big Ten. Purdue played for Purdue and uh, his brother, his teenage brother died while he was in college and his brother wore the number five and they basically, it was a tragic car accident. Had the, the kids shouldn't have been riding with these other kids and they did. They got crazy. Luca bait. That that's the, the player. He ended up playing in the NFL uh, at least for a few years, hmm. but uh, he was a huge uh, uh, college player. And it was a year that, uh, Purdue wasn't supposed to, I think it was, no, it wasn't Purdue. God, what college was it? Anyhow, he, uh, basically took this team, Wake Forest. God, where'd I get that? That was not Big Ten. I was like, I know. no, it's not. Because what is it? The, uh, SCC? ACC or SCC? ACC, SCC, one of them. And the basically Wake Forest was supposed to be last place that year, and they actually won the East Division, and I think they made it to the Orange Bowl and won the Orange Bowl. But um, and this was back in two thousand six or something like that. But anyhow, wow. it's basically just on on that and and how you know because of his brother, he started playing for his brother, and then the whole team joined in, the whole community joined in, the whole college joined in, and what they used to do is the beginning of the fourth quarter. His brother wore the number five, so he changed his number to five that year, and he turned around, looked at his parents, and put up uh, five fingers like he was playing for his brother. And so they started calling it the fifth quarter instead of the fourth quarter. Mm. Um, 
it was, it was a pretty good movie, but it was, it was kind of a tearjerker too. Cause I felt they did a decent job without, you know, killing their ratings of showing how, you know, a tragic loss like that would affect a family, you know, especially, you know, the first 24, 48 hours after it happens. Um, you know, what would a parent do? What would a sibling do? That kind of a thing. You know, they let people kind of act crazy and out of control. And so that kind of pulled me in a little more and made me invest a little more. Cause I'm like, all right, they're not sugarcoating it, you know, trying to just squeeze by it. But anyways, um, and then one I just finished yesterday was the, the Netflix movie, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Um, what is this that? Was, this was the one with Zach Efron where he played Ted Bundy. Oh yeah. And, uh, it was, it was actually pretty good. It was more on the story of his relationship with, uh, that woman, Liz, I can't think of her last name now, but the woman that he dated basically the whole time while he was committing most of these murders. And he was actually kind of somewhat, I guess he was engaged to, and she has a young daughter and all that. And like how his life with her was going and how it was affecting her. But at the same time, you know how he was, you know, just crazy genius of a guy too. Um, I don't know. Was he a genius in manipulating people? Was he genius with people? Or is he genius with like, uh, has like a, a person both both because huh. if you i mean you got if you look into it i mean he escaped twice he he escaped from cops and stuff twice now yeah. granted once was easy because they weren't really paying attention to him and he jumped out a window yeah um, but like he knew what to do and he was able to get away and he was like out for four or five days but then the next time the dude figured out how to like break out of his prison cell and get out of the prison and escape from Colorado down to Florida. It was like, what? So, and it was, a you know, honestly, it was a matter of if he, you know, didn't have that sicko urge to kill and do stuff again, he would have been totally fine. He probably never would have gotten caught, you know? That's crazy. But, you know, he had to do it again, so he got busted. So, anyways... Um, I watched that and then I did finish two more or the last two movies of from Haunted Saginaw. Shout out to Haunted Saginaw. That's too um, funny. <laughs> and these were The Haunting of Finn Road called The Devil's Grove and The Haunting on Brockway. And if you watch these shows, like I said before, when we talked about this, these two were good. There's some crazy stuff going on and it, it it's out there, man. Like, <laughs> It makes you think about what's happening. Like, even I was sitting in my house the other night. <laughs> Everybody was in bed and uh, started hearing noises. And I'm like, what the heck is that? What the heck is that? Trying to diagnose the noises in your house late at night when it's, you know, 20 degrees outside. Your house is creaking and stuff because of the cold. But at the same time, it's like, what? What? Uh, just unexplained things you just can't explain, you know? So, uh, yeah. If, if you like those shows, I, I go on Amazon Prime, check these guys out. It, it was pretty good. Um, And then the last two. So the last one, I thought we talked about it on here before. I really did. But you said you never heard of it. And and that was Britney Runs a Marathon. I think we talked about it at work. Okay. And uh, this is an Amazon Prime movie. And I watched it on Amazon Prime. Um. But basically, it, and it's again based on a story, uh, woman, she lived in New York and she was overweight and she was having health issues and her doctor told her she needed to lose a bunch of weight. And one way or another, she gets into running and she just decides she's going to run the New York City Marathon. And it's her story of getting to do that or getting to the point where she could do that and so on and so forth. And I thought that's what it was about. It was kind of, I thought it was going to be like a motivation, lose weight, get healthy kind of movie. In actuality, it's about mental health and oh. trying to get yourself right from a mental health aspect. And uh, so it kind of did throw me a curveball, but it still was, a, it was a good movie. I wouldn't say it was, you know, oh my God, it was a great movie. Like, did you ever see The Big Sick? No. With uh, God, I can't think of the guy's name. He's a comedian. He's on a lot of things now, but he played uh, Dinesh on Silicon Valley. Oh, okay. 
Kumar. Yeah. yeah, so that was based on his life, kind of. Loosely based on his life. Um, and that was an Amazon Prime movie. So it kind of gives you the same feel based because they're both Amazon Prime movies. But um, just the way, you know, the film and the budget wise and that kind of a thing. But uh, it was it was I liked it. It was good. It was Is good. the New York Marathon. Do you need to like time trial in or can anybody join? No. So that that's kind of the tricky part, too. So uh, you put in and you get put on a list. And then you either get picked in the lottery. Uh, okay. Or, or if, yeah, you can, if you've run other marathons, that helps you like get, get into it. Or you can raise money for, uh, you can fundraise basically. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can get in. Um, there's, there's a couple different ways you can get in. And they, they talk about it in the movie. I, that's part of the movie as well. So, um, yeah, but it, it was good. Like I said, it was good. Um, and then the actress who, who portrayed the character on there, you know, she was one you could tell she's, you know, they I I think they kind of make up to her up. But I think they said in the movie she actually gained a little bit of weight to do it. But then she lost a lot of weight and lost even more weight and did become healthier and did become somewhat of a runner. Um, so to see that trans- transformation was pretty good as well. Uh, and then the last one here again, I, I already mentioned him three times. So last time, shout out to Matt, um, our co-worker. told me about this just the other day and I was like I gotta go check this out and I ended up it it was a short quick little documentary on Netflix called the Bill Murray stories and so this one is about basically I don't know if you've ever heard about this I I remember hearing about it but I didn't until we were talking about at work Um, Bill Murray's one of those guys that he'll just show up at like a house party and just start you know partying with people Mm. or He's been known to, you know, he went to a Cubs game, saw a woman standing out on the street that had a Cubs jersey on and said, oh, what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I'm trying to get tickets to the game. He's like, oh, come with me. And he just took her to the Cubs game with him. Um, Just he does these random acts. It's almost like random acts of kindness. But really, it's just him being him. Uh, Like one of the stories, this this is one of probably one of my favorite ones is. He was down in Austin, Texas for South by Southwest. And he was at a little hole in the bar bar or hole in the wall bar. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, this guy says he's in there and he sits down at the bar and he's been sitting there for about a half hour or so. And there's this guy next to him that kind of keeps saying to him, you know, little things here and there. And he's kind of not paying attention guy. And all of a sudden he looks and he realizes that it's Bill Murray sitting next to him. And he's like, what the heck? And all of a sudden, Bill Murray's like, so so who do you who do you like in this game? And the guy's like, uh, I have no clue. The guy's like, I know nothing about sports. You know, Bill Murray's a big sports guy. But this guy's like, I, I don't know about sports. He's like, I have no clue. And he goes, they end up striking up a conversation. They talk for like, I don't know how long it is. I want to I thought he said it was a couple hours, but maybe it was just, you know, a short amount of time. But they're having a conversation and there's people coming up to him, you know, asking for autographs and pictures. And he, and he would he would oblige him. But at the same time, he's like, hey, you know, I, yeah, sure. But, you know, we're trying to have a conversation here. And so he's just having a normal conversation with Bill Murray. And uh, they go to get done. And Bill Murray's like, hey, I got to go across the street and go watch. And it was some rapper or something like that. He goes, I got to go watch this guy. You want to come with me? And the guy was like, you know, I, I would love to, but I, I got to go home and let my dogs out because my dogs haven't been let out in like five hours because I've been sitting here at the bar talking to you in this. And so he's like, all right, well, you know, it was really good talking with you. the guy's name is Trevor. Really good talking with you, Trevor. You know, I appreciate it, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, so Trevor goes home, he gets his dogs. He's like, he hurries back to the bar, brings the dogs into the bar. And uh, he's sitting there and all of a sudden, sure enough, it had been, you know, a couple hours. Bill Murray comes back over and starts asking around and uh, the bar or the I'm sorry, he didn't come back right away. The head bar, the owner of the bar was like bartending out on the patio, he says. And all of a sudden he's getting a text from his other bartenders. He's like, hey, Bill Murray's back and he's asking for Trevor. Where's Trevor? (laughs) So they so they knew Trevor because he's a regular. They track him down, get him to come back with his dogs. He comes back. And uh, so he's like, oh, Trevor, you're back. And and they start talking again because he just wanted to talk with Trevor. And so then the the bar, the owner starts texting him, goes, hey, see if you'll bartend, see if you'll bartend. 
And he's like, I don't want to, you know, he's like, I'm texting the guy back and I'm like, I don't want to bother him with that. You know, I don't want to do this. He's like, come on, you got to do it. You got to do it. Help me out. So he finally says, hey, Bill, you know, the owner wants to know if you want to bartend. And, and Bill's like, oh, yeah, really? OK. So he jumps behind the bar and he starts bartending. So this hole in the wall bar was making like nothing. The next thing you know, they said the people are just handing wads of cash to Bill Murray. But they, the funny part was, was they would sit there and say, you know, whiskey and Coke. And he would just turn around and grab whatever the nearest bottle he had next to him was. It could be gin. It could be tequila. And he would just pour like a little bit in a glass and hand it to him. And they would just turn around and hand him a lot of cash and say, here you go. They didn't care what he was getting just as long as he was, you know, serving them. So, you know, just little stories like that that you hear all the time. Really? Yeah. So that's I mean, this was probably a 45 minute, maybe an hour little short documentary film and but it was just about all these little stories of things that he'd done and has done over the last you know 10 to 20 years or something it was it was kind of crazy so was this put together by like a fan or is this put together by like bill murray or like no so that's some random dudes so that's the crazy part i don't i don't want to i don't want to spoil it but it definitely was not put together by bill murray no it was put together by somebody else who said i'm gonna do a documentary on this but I don't want to I don't want to spoil how it ends, but it was actually it even it made you or it, I, I shouldn't say it made you, but it, it made me appreciate it even more. And I was just like, huh, how about that? So. I mean, I'm sure the guys made money off it, so good for him. You know, I'll give him credit for that. But yeah, 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 yeah. So. So that that's it. Uh, again, I know that was a lot, but I tried to go through it quickly, but. No, it's cool though. Yeah. Um. So the only movie that I watched recently is uh, Jojo Rabbit, and uh, it's a movie by Taka Watiti, and kind of like what we're talking about, he uh, won an Oscar, um, for writing this movie, and and it's just about a a a young naive ten year old kid or ten and a half year old kid, in um. In 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 Nazi Germany, he was part of the uh, Hitler Youth Movement, and he was all about you know serving for Hitler for at the beginning of the movie. Then he founds out that his mom, who is being played by Scarlett Johansson, she is actively trying to fight against the war effort, and she's doing everything she can to stop the war. But her son is there doing everything he he's doing to be part of the war, um, and and I'm I'm sure I'm not uh, uh, ruining anything because you can see in the trailer, um, his mom Scarlett Johansson is also helping a young Jewish girl um, uh, uh, hide from the Hitler people inside her home so it so it was just kind of this little growing up phase of jojo um and and kind of coming to terms of who he really is is he really a hitler youth kind of kind of kid or is he something else so it was a kind of like a feel good movie i want to say at the same time there was a couple parts in the movie that i felt really really uh, uh, it was hard. It, it was hard to watch at certain point. And I'm like, ooh, this is kind of this, this is tugging at some heartstrings here. And um, okay, because I was gonna say I couldn't, you know, I couldn't tell. I remember this was one you really were looking forward to when when news broke on it when the trailer came out. We had it on I, the podcast. Yeah. And based on that, that I couldn't tell. To me, it looked like almost like a Coen Brothers film, and I couldn't tell if it was a comedy or if it was supposed to be, you know a weird kind of drama or what so it's a comedy drama okay um because like you know like jojo and then there's a another kid in their name yorkie i mean these two kids when they when they're on screen it's it's it's, it's hilarious right i mean like you can't get enough of these two kids on 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 screen but what's going on around them it's pretty messed up okay and the funny thing is like ike um, right before I started watching this movie, I was reading a book, and the book was called um, "The Book Thief." 
I had to turn around to look at my books. Um, the Book Thief, and and uh, and like this book, you know, I I read one of the b- best books in the last 10, 10 years or so. So I kind of like bought it and I started reading it without knowing what the premise of the book is. I never read the back to 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 get uh, what the storyline is all about. But in actuality, it's about a family adopting a kid. And then all of a sudden they are hiding a Jewish person inside the house. So so somehow, somewhere, like in, within like a month or two, I read about it and I also saw a movie about it without even thinking about anything like that. So so huh. um and and so it, it was it was kind of strange that it all fell in line. So since you were so looking forward to this movie and you were you were hyped to see it, now that you've seen it, did it live up to the expectations? Oh heck yeah. yeah. Oh heck yeah. Oh heck okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. And and I think because of this movie and because of um how Thor play out, and then there's an, also another movie by Taika Waititi. It's about vampires. It's kind of it's, it's hilarious, right? Uh, I am more. I respect Taika Waititi so much more what? because because like his creativity, it's it, 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 he's not typecast about one genre of movie. And he can do so much, and I'm like, oh, and 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 he writes and directs. I'm like, all right, wow, this guy is pretty talented. Cool, cool, good deal. All right, news and rumors. Yes, sir. So, did you put this in there. I put I put in part of it, and you updated it. Is that what we did? Um, the Matt did you Reeves put this one. In? Yeah, I put this in. Right, you put that in. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I put this in there. All right. Um. So Matt Reeves, who's making the the next Batman movie, released a picture of of the new Batmobile with Batman standing next to it, and 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 it looks pretty cool, right? It looks pretty cool. It looks yeah. more practical than the other Batmobile that we have seen, yes. especially the Tumbler with Christian Bale, and I think the the other Batmobile that's um, uh, that Ben Affleck use. So, so like, Hey, what do you think of it? Uh, I, I like, it. I mean, the premise is supposed to be, this is when he's starting out. So he's just kind of making all this stuff. Right. I mean, this isn't supposed to be Batman in the present day, mm-hmm. right? This is like year one Batman or whatever you want to call it. So I would say, you know, just coming and start up with the ideas or come up with uh, thoughts or ideas and, and how to create what would become as time goes on, the Batmobile. I think it looks pretty cool. I've, I'm 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 down with. It. I like muscle cars though. So looking, I, you know, looking at cars, I like looking at muscle cars. So yeah, I'm, it, it has that. a muscle car feel too, instead of like this kind of like flashy uh, Batmobile type vibe to it. Like right. like uh, on the, we will also have a link to to this like top fourteen Batmobile ranking. And and just kind of comparing what the Matt Reeves one has and to like the Batmobile from Batman Forever or Batman and Robin, we were talking about this uh, at work. It's totally different. Yeah. Yep. And so out of the 14 that, that we have in that website and the picture that Matt Reeves uh, released, where would you rank this Matt Reeves Batmobile? Um, well, I have a hard time. Like, I know you were big on the animated ones. I mean, animated ones look cool, but they're not. You can't make that. So I have a hard time ranking with those. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would say it's it's probably in the top. It's definitely in the top five. Ooh. Um, and like I said, I like looking at muscle cars. Uh. But I do really think the Dark Knight trilogy one and the and the the other one from the recent uh, Ben Affleck one, Ben Affleck one, I, I do like those two a lot. Uh, and then as we were talking, I'm a big fan of the Adam West one from back <laughs> in the days, just because I think growing up, that was 
the iconic one that, you know, I remember seeing on TV and then even in the Super Friends cartoons, basically it looked pretty close to that. So, yeah, I think that was I think that was one of my favorites as well. Ah. So I, I, I would throw it in there with those just because it's got that muscle car look and it doesn't look too crazy. Uh huh. But yeah, to say I, I couldn't put it, I, I can't say for sure it would make top three, but I would definitely say it probably makes top five. Cool. But I mean, that's, like, that's me again, like I said, not taking the animated into account. Yeah. Because, like, I, I mean, like, kind of like you um, growing up with the Adam West one, right? I grew up with the animated series one from 92 to 95. And, and, and so I love that Batmobile and it just looks super cool. Next to like the Batman and Batman Returns, um, that's a pretty cool Batmobile as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's all I have for that. And one kind of like late news and rumors that I that I just saw yesterday. Yeah. Um, was that in in the next Thor movie, there have been talk about. Um, Christian Bale being part of the next Thor movie, <laughs> right? So, so it's funny because I was trying to find the article on this right before we started recording, and it didn't it didn't necessarily give all the information I wanted. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna put it in there. I'll I'll wait." <laughs> so now that you bring it up, I'm kind of I'm like, "Yeah, okay, let's talk about this." Well, so Tessa Thompson confirmed he's playing a villain, right? But they haven't said who the villain is. No, but but he's part of it though, right? So yes. Yeah, so, he's definitely a part. That's for sure. Right. And yep. and and I think that's super cool because like, you know, he's you know, we know him as Batman. Um and then and then now he's going to do uh, uh a a a villain in Thor and I'm like, "Holy crap, that cast is loaded." For, yeah, cuz I for think that movie. Sh- I think they're showing a decent part of the uh Guardians of the Galaxy are in it too. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, because- I know. I think Chris Pratt for sure is on the cast list. Granted, it could just be like a two second, you know, a one day shoot for them, but still. Um, yeah, because like it has um, uh, Tessa Thompson, it has, you know, Taka Watiti and Hemsworth, Natalie Portman. I mean, like just, just those five, that's, that's an all-star crew already. Yeah. Like holy crap! How how much money do they really have to work with? And it seems like a a, a blank check for the whole team. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward. I think it'll be good. So. Cool. That's all I have. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this week, everyone. If you want to leave us feedback, remember it's the PTR Show at Gmail dot com or on Twitter at the PTR Show. If you like us, you can subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and spread the word to your family. For to PTR show. I'm Brian. And I'm Dan, and this was the Primetime Review Podcast. See ya. Nerds out. <laughs> <laughs>